Before you can create a healthy relationship with others, you first have to create a healthy relationship with yourself. Welcome to Let's Talk About It with your host, Dr. Janie Lacey. Janie is a nationally respected psychotherapist, and on this show, she and her featured guests will help you discover and break patterns in your life that can contribute to self-sabotage and unhealthy relationships. Now, here is Dr. Janie Lacey. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk About It with Janie Lacey. Do you find yourself bragging just how stressed you are? I can't tell you how many times I hear, I'm so stressed in my personal and professional life. You know, I hear it from stay-at-home moms, the student, the doctor, the administrator. We are literally obsessed with talking about how stressed we are. So obsessed that these conversations have almost become competitive in nature. And it goes something like this. Oh my, I am so stressed at work. You have no idea. Your friend, not even remotely impressed, she looks at you with some serious side eye and says, you don't even know what stress is. I slept two hours, worked a 36 hour day, and then saved a hundred kittens from a tree. (laughs) This cycle continues with each member of your group who shares an incredible, more stressful lineup of commitments because well, misery loves company. But when did it become cool to be stressed? When did ever increasing stress levels become a measure of our success? Well, in the age of social media, we know all too well how easy it is to constantly compare ourselves to others. You know, we have Instagram, we have Facebook, we have Twitter, we have Clubhouse, we have Green Room, we have so many social media outlets to see and compare with other people. Because these platforms have all provided us, well, to show you exactly how you measure up and how well you are doing. There's no way to to, to spin it, right? When you see someone who's in a similar field, wow, I can't believe she's doing that. I probably should be doing that, or I should be doing this. And it can go on and on and on. There's this constant feed of competition from sandwich building to sunset photos, We are all trying to one up one another. Don't believe me? Just start scrolling through your feed. (laughs) Well, this coupled with our constant stress talk, it creates such an interesting dichotomy. We want people to know how great we're doing, but we don't want them to think for a second that we didn't work hard to get there. (laughs) Well, you know, at the surface level, competitive dialogue may seem both counterproductive and negative, but it may also have something to do with our desire to feel closer to our peers. You know, new research has found evidence of emotional load sharing between partners in a close relationship, that the result of this study suggests that we are more equipped to handle stressful situations when others are close to us both emotionally and physically. 
You see, when we feel stressed or overworked, it is only natural that we crave closeness. We are so used to being able to connect with others, to validate our experiences and compare ourselves to our peers through social media based on our successes. Yet, we lack a space to do this for our failures. You know, stress talk among our friends provides us an outlet. Yeah, we can all agree with that. But a place where we can also compete, validate our experiences, and connect with others around us also exists in that same place. Because if your job isn't stressing you out, are you really even working? Right? You know, I was having this conversation with a friend recently, and they were sharing, you know, they're traveling, they're doing a lot of things in the summertime with their children. And uh, they were making a comment about one of their friends who had reached out to them and said, do you even work? Do you, seriously, do you even work? Do you, do you have a laptop? Right? So there's a certain standard of what it looks like if you are a hard worker or what it looks like to live a life if you're not stressed and working out well why why should you be on vacation all the time why should you be enjoying family time with your family you should be working (laughs) but how healthy is this space that we've created you know when stress is literally killing us literally killing us we have to recognize the role we are playing in perpetrating our own stress. So the next time your friend starts complaining about their workload, don't compete. Moving closer, give them a hug. (laughs) And this is why self-care matters. I want to make sure that you understand that self-care matters more than ever. You see, it is so important to make sure you take care of your body, your mind, and your soul every single day. Not just when you get sick. Learning how to eat right, reduce your stress, exercise regularly, and take a time out when you need it are touchstones of self-care and can help you stay healthy, happy, and resilient. When we think about resiliency, right? When I think about the pandemic, that the coping mechanisms that we had before COVID-19 struck and we got locked down mattered, right? Because things were out of our control. The world shut down. We had a timeout. There were things that we no longer can do or some people in some cases were now in lockdown with people they didn't even like. So when we didn't have the appropriate self-care habits, when we didn't have the healthy coping mechanisms, now we're faced and some people got so overwhelmed. There was relapses. There were beginning of addictions being formed. There were all the stuff that we probably were using to cope, whether it was work, whether it was travel, all the things that we can avoid with dealing with our own life were stripped away. So when you think in the future, it's not a matter of 
if a storm, metaphorically speaking, is going to happen. It's a, it's a matter of when. And are you going to be prepared for the storm? Right? We, there's that saying we're either in a storm, coming out of a storm, or preparing for a storm. So why not, more than ever, right now, start preparing for that storm? So why do we fail at self-care? You know, using that word loosely, fail. Because, you know, practicing self-care isn't always easy. Most of us are crazy busy. We have stressful jobs. We're too consumed with technology to make time for ourselves. Me time is usually last on the agenda. Worst, we can sometimes feel guilty about taking the time required to take care of ourselves. So getting started with self-care can be challenging. Let's just say that. It sounds good. Oh, everybody should have self-care. We know we need self-care. But let's also admit that if we haven't been taking care of ourselves and we've been putting work and all the other things first, then to stop and now say, I, had, I need to create a self-care routine can be challenging. So just how do you engage in self-care? Well, the goal is to figure out which self-care strategies work best for you. And it's important to say that because we can pull up articles, we can read um, what other people are doing, we can hear and see what our friends are doing, but self-care is not a cookie cutter approach. Self-care is unique to you, the individual, your lifestyle, people you have around you, how you already handle stress, right? So the best self-care strategies and what, and really the ones that are going to work best are going to be best for you. And to learn how to use these strategies and implement them in regular routines so you can boost your well being, not only today, but forever. Your future self is going to thank you for taking time out to really get in a program, your program of self care. But you can choose to do what matters now, and that is doing the hard stuff now, or you will be forced to try to do the hard stuff later, perhaps from a hospital bed, or looking back and wishing you you would have taken better care of yourself. Last year, the lockdown and COVID-19 was no joke. But when we think about if you were ill, or if COVID-19 affected you or a family member, how someone took care of their health before mattered. I mean, there's no doubt about that. So your future self is gonna thank you by employing a self-care routine, program, way of living lifestyle today. So I wanna share with you eight ways that you can start taking care of yourself today. First one, make sleep part of your self-care routine. We hear this all the time. You know, I used to believe burning both candles at both ends was a boss move, right? Who needs sleep? Who needs sleep? We got work to do. Well, I no longer believe that. In order to really show up with your best self, to be emotionally sound, to be able to respond to life and not react to life. Your body needs to rest. It needs to reset. Every single day we're going out into a battlefield. We don't know what the day holds for us. 
So sleep should be a part of your holy ground, your place of rest, your place of restoration. Because sleep can have a huge effect on how you feel both emotionally and physically. And not getting enough sleep can even cause major health issues. I don't have to tell you this. You know this. You've heard this. It's evidence-based. But stress and other distractions can wreak havoc on our sleep. So we have to start by thinking about your nightly routine. Literally, think about this as I'm talking. What is your nightly routine? Do you have one? And if you don't, maybe you do need to have one. Well, you want to next one of the things I'll tell you about nightly routine is you want to make sure your bedroom is the best possible place for you to get good REM sleep. It should be free of distractions such as and I know this is hard for a lot of people free of distractions such as a television, a laptop, cell phone. And you want to make sure you have room darkening curtains to keep that sun from waking you up too early in the morning if you don't already have a place where you can lay down you feel like it's restful and it's made for you to sleep it's your your sleeping den number two you want to take care of yourself by taking care of your gut let me say that again you want to take care of yourself by taking care of your gut. Did you know that your gut health is 80% tied to your overall well-being? Your gut health can have a significant impact on your health, your well-being, and feelings of vitality. The types of food you eat are crucial, are crucial, and they impact the bacteria that lives in our stomach resulting in a cascade of either positive or negative outcomes. We wanna take care of our gut. Think about what that means for you. Three, exercise daily as part of your self-care routine. We all know exercise is good for us, but do we really know how good it is? Daily exercise can help you both physically and mentally boosting your mood and reducing stress and anxiety not to mention helping you shed that extra weight but of course it might be hard to go to the gym every day some people just can't do it so try to incorporate other exercises such as walking or yoga you can watch youtube videos i know that's what i was doing when i was doing a program called 75 hard using youtube videos as part of that workout routine because this can all be a way to fit it into your schedule more easily is finding creative ways to make it part of your lifestyle but the most important thing is to create that routine that works for you and i can't stress that that when we think about balance self-care you know all these routines every single person's life is unique so we can take ideals from other people but ultimately it's going to be what is best for you Four, you want to eat right for self-care. The food we eat has the potential to either keep us healthy or contribute to our weight gain or diseases such as diabetes, 
but it can also keep our minds working and alert. So eating the right foods can help prevent short-term memory loss, inflammation, both of which can have long-term effects on our brain and in turn, the rest of our body. Some of the most amazing self-care foods include fatty fish, blueberries, nuts, green leafy vegetables, broccoli. Five, say no to others and say yes to your self-care. Learning to say no is really hard. Many of us feel obligated to say yes when someone asks for our time or energy. However, if you are already stressed or overworked, saying yes to loved ones or coworkers can lead to burnout, anxiety, and irritability. It may take a, it may take a little practice, but once you learn how to politely say no, you'll start to feel more self-confident and you'll have more time for self-care. We give from a place of abundance and that means that we have to fill our cup up first so that the best of us is from a place of abundance and we can give that to others because we gave to ourselves first. Six is we have to take a self-care break by getting outside. Spending time outside can help us reduce stress, lower our blood pressure, and help us live in the moment. Studies have even shown that getting outside can help reduce fatigue, making it a great way to overcome symptoms of depression or burnout. Getting outside can also help you sleep better at night, especially if you do some physical activity like gardening, hiking, or walking while you are outside. Seven, take care of yourself by getting organized. Getting organized is often the first step to becoming a healthier you because it allows you to figure out exactly what you need to do to take better care of yourself. A small change like keeping a planner or a calendar on the fridge can help you write down all your responsibilities and appointments while at the same time keeping your life a bit more organized. You can also create areas where you can keep your keys, your purses, your backpacks, briefcases, coats to make sure you're ready to go for the next day. And some people are saying, well, that sounds so simple. And what I say to that was, let me come into your home, right? When I tell people to get organized and, and I say to them, well, let me come into your home, right? sometimes it's a contradiction. So what sounds so easy in conversation may not be so easy to implement. So look around, how are you organized? What does organization mean to you? How does it contribute to you being effective and efficient in getting things done in your life? Something to think about. And eight, schedule your self-care and guard that time with everything that you have. You know, it can be hard for us to often find extra time, but it's extremely important to plan regular self-care time for ourselves. We build it in, time block it, do what you need to do to make sure that you're getting in that time for you. Because those moments alone can help you to ponder the best ways to move forward in your life and keep yourself grounded. And moments with friends can help you even feel more connected and, rela and relaxed. You know, I know some people along the way, I haven't necessarily done this, but have taken whole weekends where they've done silent 
weekends where they go away, there's no electronics or very little interaction with their phone, and all they have is books and paper and a pen and complete silence to sit and be with themselves. And for most people that have done those silent mini retreats, it's been a, such a great reset and a detox. And I haven't done it myself, but who knows, maybe one day I will. But whether you decide to, to go for a long walk or take a hot bath or enjoy a good movie with friends, taking self-care time is imperative. You wanna look for those small ways that you can incorporate it into your everyday life. For example, you, for example, you might wanna wake up 15 minutes earlier to sit with that cup of tea and practice deep breathing before the chaos of the day begins. Or you might take a walk around the block or on your lunch break. The more you can work self-care time into your schedule, the better you'll be able to grow, enjoy your life and thrive. You know, because we all live, just think about it. This past year was a great example of that. We all live in a state of constant change. Whether or not we're paying attention, the process is always happening. Even people who can't see it in themselves witness change daily in their children or others around them. You know, because life really is about recalibrating, about continually asking ourselves, what do I have to do to get where I need to be? How do I create the life that I want to live. The life that I wanna wake up to every morning. What do I need to do to get there? First, you wanna get that vision so you know what it is you want. Because when we know what it is we want, then we know what we need to get there. Because if change is the one thing you can be sure of, the goal is to figure out how you can use that certainty to your advantage to modify, to transfigure, to, to refashion and transform your day-to-day -day being. And one of my favorite quotes I wanna share with you before we go for uh, our commercial break. It's a quote from Oprah Winfrey. The best way I know for sure to stay and steady maker of mode is to take care of yourself, to feed yourself with love and loving thoughts, to eat food that's delicious to you and to your body, to engage in loving practices, like giving yourself the gift of stillness at least five minutes a day, to surround yourself with people who bring you light and to banish all forms of negative energy. Moving forward, you will see that the value you give yourself is the value the world reflects back to you. You see, when you care about yourself enough to embrace change, you're on the path that will lead you home to happiness. Those are the words of Oprah Winfrey. So I just gave you eight tips to start today to really start taking care 
of yourself. The eight ways you can start taking care of yourself today. That was making sleep part of your self-care routine. Take care of yourself by taking care of your gut. Exercise daily as your as part of your self-care routine. Eat right for self-care. Say no to others and say yes to your self-care. Take a self-care break by getting outside. And seven, take care of yourself by getting organized. And lastly, number eight was schedule your self-care time and guard that time with everything you have. Make self-care very, very important because you are important. I'm Dr. Janie Lacey. This is Let's Talk About It with, with Janie Lacey, and I'll be right back. Are you living day by day, nervous, in fear, or constantly feeling overwhelmed? This is probably due to an anxiety disorder. Anxiety disorders can develop from many different factors and can affect each and every person differently. Anxiety disorders can develop because of genetics, personality, stressful life events, and many other reasons. The Anxiety and Depression Association of America reports that more than 40 million Americans suffer from anxiety-related illnesses and anxiety is also considered the most common mental disorder in the United States. You don't have to suffer alone. Call Life Counseling Solutions at 407-622-1770 or visit lifecounselingsolutions.com today. Has your anger ever taken you somewhere you regretted? Have you ever said something in anger that you wish you could take back? Have you ever hurt anyone as a reaction of your anger, physically or emotionally? Let's face it, anger is a part of life. We all experience anger in our lives at some point. The question we need to ask ourselves is whether this has become a habit. What matters is how we deal with it. So call Life Counseling Solutions at 407-622-1770 or visit OrlandoAngerManagement.com today. Are you often attracted to unavailable partners? Feel like you can't stay but can't leave a toxic relationship? Obsessed with thinking about a current or former lover? Feel resentful that you're always taking care of the other person? The Woman Redeemed Therapy Program is for women who want to break free from toxic relationship patterns so they can find the love they truly deserve. This program is a safe, nurturing environment, essential for building self-worth and acquiring the tools to work through challenges and create your best self. We invite you to begin the journey today to start building the new you. Call 407-622-1770 or visit LifeCounselingSolutions.com. That's LifeCounselingSolutions.com. You are listening to Let's Talk About It with Dr. Janie Lacey. To reach the show today, please call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Janie at lifecounselingsolutions.com. Now back to Let's Talk About It. Welcome back to Let's Talk About It with Janie Lacey. You know, before our break, we were talking about self-care. And oftentimes, when it comes to self-care, people also can confuse self-care with self-love or self-love with self-care. So I want to talk to you and the second um, half of today's show around self-care 
around self-love as well. Because if you are someone who identifies as an overgiver, or sometimes we'll hear the word an empath or codependent, you know, real self-care may not be at the top of your to-do list as you're busy, too busy taking care of other people. <laughs> but many of us did not have any role models to teach us legitimate self-care practices, and that's just the reality of things. So if this rings true for you, changing this tendency might feel really strange at first, but it's crucial for you to grow. So getting committed again to, a, and I gave you eight ways, so you can't say you don't know where to start, but getting committed to that daily self-care routine can change your relationship and change your life. When I think about self-love, I want to talk a little bit about self-care for, for some time. The key to self-love is really being kind to yourself. And being kind to ourself is giving ourselves a break and the time and the space we need to focus on who? You. Focus on you. It's self-love. It's being kind. It's giving you a break. It's giving you time and attention to the most important person. And that's the person in the mirror. Because if you're not important to you, how are you really going to be important to anyone else? So we want to take care of yourself as you would someone you love deeply. So look at yourself. Be someone that you love deeply. We love our children, spouses, family, friends so deeply. Love yourself deeply. You know, and there's a couple things practical. I'm a, I'm a big believer in giving practical tips. For example, meditation. You know, a dedicated daily medication, meditation practice can be deep and a profound act of self-care. Right. To get you started, you know, you want to think about either using um, there's a calm app, there is um, insight timer, there's headspace. And you want to get into a place where your daily practice can become a place for you. A, a daily practice of meditation can be a place for you to slow down, to create that more to create more internal space for yourself and then tap to tap into that pure potential of your life. And any amount of time that, that we spend in meditation each day is going to positively impact the quality of our life, that internal experience. And it has the power to provide you with a more reflective and less reactive stance in life. You know, a couple of meditation tips I'll, I'll tell you is if you plan to incorporate meditation, it could be meditation prayer practice once a day. The morning I find is the best time. There's a space between being fully asleep and fully awake. That is a perfect mind space to plant intention and create and expand that internal peace. Now, another option or add on for your morning meditation is to get set up before you click play on any guided meditation. You know, you can choose different questions. You know, I, I like to journal and, 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 journal and just kind of get into that that headspace first and you could choose different questions to ask before you start sinking into a meditation couple of things couple of questions that you can ask that are deep deep thought questions that you can dive in the first one is who am i who am i 
Second question you can ask yourself is, what am I grateful for? What am I grateful for? I write that gratitude list each morning, five to 10 things that I'm grateful for each morning. What do I really want, really want? Another question that you can answer in your journal practice. What do I really, really want? And four, how can I serve? How can I serve? Who am I? One. What am I grateful for? Two. What do I really, really want? Three. How can I serve? Four. So these are just examples of some questions that I've used, but please feel free to customize your questions or any questions that you want to use as your morning journal time, reflection time before you go into a meditation prayer practice. And really think about those deep, meaningful questions for you. But I gave you some to get started. And then what I would suggest is in that meditation and prayer practice to slowly and silently even repeat those questions, you know, for about a minute or two. And, and then after the last round, take a deep breath. And almost visualizing yourself blowing the questions out into the world and having faith that those answers will be revealed throughout your day. Who am I? Take them serious and change your life. So you can start those meditation prayer practice. You know, some people will use a prayer closet, right? You can get that from um, the movie, The War Room. Um, but get yourself a, a place where it's your place, or some people it can be a, a meditation zen, a den, um, prayer space, prayer closet. But, you know, wherever you have it in your house, make sure that you have a place that's a sacred space for you and it brings comfort. Because when you have a place that you set aside for your comfort, for your journal, your thought, your prayer, your meditation, you know, it really is a, an act of fierce, fierce self-care. And that external sacred space can remind you to tend to that divine sacred space within. Because you're important, you matter. But taking time to build that space that soothes and nourishes, you can have a positive or ripple effect. And if you're listening to this and you created a safe space, please send me pictures. Because when you take care of yourself first, you have something real, real to offer others. You're not giving other people your crumbs or you're not giving them from your empty, you're not giving from your empty cup. But make that space comfortable, cozy, part of your self-loving experience, being in be intentional about creating that safe and comforting space that's just for you. You know, you can use different lights, you can use candles, you can have essential oils, you can have a soft fuzzy blanket or a cushion, have your journal, pictures of your loved ones, you can have flowers, you know, leaves, other natural seasonal items, um, plants, you know, things that are important to you, just to kind of give you some examples. And then you can really focus on that daily self-care and you'll start thinking, even as I'm, even even as you're hearing my voice, think of ways of taking care of yourself that are outside of the box of what you normally would do. Because most of the time, most of us are prioritizing the crap out of other people and our life to the detriment of ourselves. And it's time for that to change. Put you first. Put you as your number one. 
So some other ideals to really get your self-care practice going and take what resonates with you and, you know, leave what doesn't. So I wanted to, to give you some things to think about and then you can start adding to your own. It's for one movement. Spend 30 minutes moving your body a day. Get outside, walk, use yoga videos, um, go to the gym, whatever works for you. Movement, number one. Hydration. Consume at least 64 ounces, eight glasses of water every day. And then journaling. Spend time writing down your thoughts or your feelings. Give time to space to get what's out, what's inside of you out. And then reading. How about just reading for fun? It doesn't necessarily always have to be professional or self-care or self, um, self-healing self work. Play. Start the day with the ritual of play. Right before you start to work, you can commit to five to ten minutes to, to play. And this is not time for Candy Crush on your phone or to scroll through Facebook. You know, draw. Listen to an uplifting song. Move your body, especially if you work from, from home. And then breathing. Take a break to focus on breathing to recenter yourself each and every day. So movement, hydration, journaling, reading, play, breathing. And there's something, some people, we hear breathing all the time. So I'm gonna give you a, a practice. And it's called the four by four breathing method. Very simple breathing technique that takes mere minutes and makes a big difference. And this is here, this is how you do it. So you're gonna breathe in for four counts. I'm talking to you as I'm telling you this, but when you breathe in, just count to four. And then you're gonna hold it for four counts. And then you breathe out for four counts. And then you're gonna hold for four more counts. And then you're going to repeat that pattern until you complete four rounds of it. Breathe in for four counts, hold for four counts, breathe out for four counts, hold for four counts, and repeat that pattern for four rounds. Quick four by four breathing method. And I can invite you to set a reminder in your phone. You can do this quick quick practice at least once a day and see how it impacts how it impacts your internal experience. And feel free to to write me and share share that with me. But my point here also is I want you to prioritize doing things that make you feel joyful. Do things that make you laugh or simply because they're silly. Do things just because you want to, not because you're they're going to produce any particular outcome. We don't always have to do things that because if I do this, it's going to produce that. Sometimes just self-care is the best thing that you can ever do. You know, we talked about sleep, you know, really sometimes about we're anxious and we're managing our relationships. It can negatively impact your sleep. So, you know, really put sleep as a priority. One hour before you go to bed, turn turn off or cover up any electronics in your bedroom. You know, sometimes that light can interfere with our sleep. Try to avoid napping within an eight hours of your bedtime. If you're desperate, keep it at 20 minutes. And then for your for those slides for those side sleepers, put your body in a neutral position by placing a pillow between your legs and using a good supportive pillow to keep your neck in alignment. These are simple, practical things that you can do today. Buy mattress and pillow covers and regularly wash linens to eliminate exposure to allergens. And use only your bed for sleep and sex. You know, try to avoid eating and doing paperwork and working on your laptop and watching television in bed. Having that as your sacred sleep place. 
You can go to sleep and wake up at a re relatively have a sleep party. Sleep routine is waking up and going to sleep at a regular time, including weekends, to help your help help set your body's circadian rhythm. You know, and this one's a hard for me, but avoiding caffeine after 12 p.m. You know, check labels. You'll be surprised that some items like pain relievers can contain caffeine. And then again, exercise. You know, it can wear you out, but if you work out too close to bedtime and has the potential to keep you up due to parts of the adrenaline and feel good hormone rush, make sure to get your sweat session in at least three to four hours before bedtime. And if you're hungry, within two hours of hitting the sack, make sure to keep it light. Heavy meals can tax your digestive system, making falling asleep difficult. And despite its chill out effects, alcohol can actually cause disrupt disruption to our sleep patterns. Same thing for sleeping pills. So my point there is try to create a bedtime routine, such as saying no to electronic usage for at least one hour before bedtime, no matter what room you use them in. Light reading, this is not the time for news or work-related items. Dimming the lights and quieting any unnecessary noises around the house, drinking decaffeinated tea, taking a hot bath or shower. And don't try to blow through last minute to do items or engage in complicated decision-making. Instead, focus on quieting the mind, the, the chatter of the, of the day, allowing your body to wind down. Right? All of these things are important. And one of the best things that we can also do around self-love is setting boundaries. It's really saying no to things that don't serve us and yes to things that do serve us. You know, sometimes that can be really, really difficult for, for some people in, in, in life. But why does self-care matter, right? Self-care matters because when we don't take care of ourselves, right, it's going to affect all the other people in our life. When we think that we are okay, that we we are able, we're okay just to kind of, you know, blaze through life, so to speak, but we don't do the things that we know are really going to be able to fill our cup up and give us those those things that are really going to be helpful to us and so some daily conscious questions that you can ask yourself so if you're taking notes these are some things you want to write down questions you can ask yourself to check in with yourself every day how well did i sleep last night you can ask yourself every day how well did i sleep last night how was your emotional state today how was my emotional state today? Or how was my emotional state today? T timing of the day of when you're journaling. How does my body feel? Check in with myself. How does my body feel? What went well today? What went well today? What are you grateful for? Your gratitude list. Is there anything else you would like to make note of? That means just doing a check in with yourself. Because we can't talk about self-care and self-love without me talking a little bit about, no, it's a bad word for some people, codependency. Because we can only possibly really transform behaviors that we're consciously aware of by raising awareness, because that is one step towards transformation. So it's important for us to really think through getting to a place of awareness and codependency is pretty much just outsource and need to be needed. You focus on everyone else, they don't necessarily focus on you. So I'm gonna give you, talk you through an awareness exercise. I'm big, I'm a big believer in practical tools. 
But most people sometimes can fall into putting other people first, even before ourselves, because we have such a fear of rejection and abandonment. You know, when you feel lonely or down, or if you're not in a relationship, you know, sometimes you can feel energized and alive through your interactions with other people. But, you know, I want you to think about answering these questions. And it's pretty much a yes or no. So even when I know a relationship is bad, I stay to avoid being alone. How would you answer that question? Even when I know a relationship is bad, I stay to avoid being alone. Another question to ask yourself around fear of rejection and abandonment. It's a clue that that can be a challenge. I'm highly attuned to the shifting feeling states of others. Yes or no? I'm highly attuned to the shifting feeling states of others. What about the fear of intimacy? You simultaneously seek and fear deep intimacy. You seek it, but you also fear it. So how would you answer this question? I fear judgment, rejection, or criticism in any intimate relationship. I fear if I allow myself to be intimately known by revealing my true self, the other person might reject me. What about being in denial? You deny the obvious problems in a dysfunctional relationship. Yes or no? I make excuses for the bad behaviors of others. Yes or no? I feel like my life is happening to me as opposed to me making conscious decisions. So if you answered yes to any of those questions I just asked you, you know, could mean you're engaging in some Again, it's just for the sake of describing the symptoms, codependent behaviors. So take a deep dive. Choose three or four of those to journal about, including where it happens, when it happens, with whom, and how you feel before, during, and after. Just create some self-awareness. Because remember, self-knowledge is power. Some other things you can think about when it comes to breaking free and and really getting to a place of self-care and self-love is looking at self-esteem. Do you have low self-esteem, right? We have low self-esteem. Sometimes the codependent behaviors can make you feel like you're not good enough. You know, do you answer yes or no to this? I often compare myself to others and feel worse as a result. Or yes or no, I tend to attract and try to save people who are hurt, damaged, or suffering in some way as a way to feel valuable. Poor boundaries. You feel that you are merged with other people, making it difficult to know where you end and they begin. Yes or no, I feel responsible to fix what's wrong in someone else's life. Yes or no, I often say yes when I really want to say no. Another area to look at is being reactive over responsiveness. You're often in a state of anxiety, fight, flight, or freeze. So yes or no, I become easily defensive if I feel I'm being criticized. Yes or no, I'm able to calmly listen to what the other person is saying instead of reacting like it's true or that I'm guilty of something. What about dysfunctional communication? You avoid directly communicating if you think the other person will be angry or upset. Yes or no, I'd rather Rather than saying I don't like that, 
I act like it's okay or go silent to avoid conflict. Or yes or no, I engage in passive aggressive communication or behaviors like using sarcasm, becoming quiet or saying I'm fine when I'm really not. What about dependency? You feel like you need the other person's approval or love to feel okay about yourself. Yes or no? I'm a people pleaser. Yes or no? I seek the approval of others before I make decisions for myself. Just some things for you to think about as you do your work and look at all the things that hold you back from really getting to that place of self-care, that self-love, because it all matters. A couple other things that you can journal about. Again, you probably want to take some notes here. You know, for most of my clients, they do an exercise uh, of life map or life timeline. And something that you can do as well is you can start as far as back as you can remember and you can list at least three to five events per decade of your life. What were the high points? What were the low points? What were the turning points? The events that were significant to you? Not that that you think you would or you should be significant to, to, to me or anyone else. What was significant to you? And write out those thoughts, those three to five events in each decade of life. And then think to yourself, based on a timeline that you created, what were those feelings that stood out to you the most? You know, which feelings that you felt like were repeated themselves from your childhood all the way till now? This is self-awareness. We get to that place of self-awareness and we can really get into the nitty gritty of self-care behaviors and self-love. And what were some of the most painful feelings that you can recall? It doesn't matter how small or insignificant you think they are. What matters is how they feel to you. And then based on the issues you're facing today, can you make any connections between your past and the issues that you struggle with today? Think in terms of familiar feelings and emotions that are being repeated today as an adult. Again, this is patterns. We can't break dysfunctional life patterns unless we become aware of them, unless we recognize them. Then thinking back to your most painful relationships, what five issues do they all have in common? Is it abandonment? Is it rejection? Is it emotional abuse? And how were the common threads above present in your childhood, right? Whether it's the abandonment, rejection, or emotional abuse, those are common thread threads. But what do they look like in your childhood? And then based on everything that you've discovered, once you finish that timeline and you're journaling and answering some of these questions I'm giving you, how do you think your little inner little boy or inner little girl runs your emotional show today? Why? What's his or her triggers? Again, self-awareness. Because we can't change things until we get to a place where we're really willing to look at all the things inside of us. And sometimes it's really difficult for a lot of people to really get into a place where we're not afraid to look at our stuff. But in order to really heal, we have to learn to deal with the stuff that's in our life. And for lots of people, it's very, very difficult to do so. But in order for you to really, really grow and to heal, you have to be willing to do some of the, the work that you don't wanna do. And that means understanding what self-care looks like. That means understanding what, what self-love looks like. That means understanding your 
life events that have affected you today. That means understanding the, the things that you still get triggered by today. That means understanding the things that still run the emotional show today because we're not going to be able to really get to that place of healing unless we get to a true place of dealing with all the things that we have inside of us. So when we think about the things that we've talked about today, I want you to, to really dig deep and get to that place of really, really understanding what it means to self-care for yourself and self-love so that you can really start building the life that you want to live. Because when you get to that place where you really want to, when you start building the life that you want to live, you'll show up differently in this world. So think about making yourself the priority, giving yourself a morning routine, having boundaries, right? So in with this. Because in order to really teach people how to treat you, to really have healthy relationships, you have to go to your own university. You have to learn why you do the things that you do and provide positive coping skills and techniques to capulate them to the next level so they can truly, so that you can truly, truly, truly live a life that's conscious, conscious living. So in the words of Maya Angelou, courage is the most important of all the virtues because without courage, you can't practice any other virtue consistently. So remember, get the courage to show up for you. Because courage is that constant reminder that when courage shows up in our life, we can face our pain and turn it into purpose to fuel ourselves forward. This is your host, Dr. Janie Lacey. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Let's Talk About It with Janie Lacey. Till next time. Thank you for tuning in. Let's Talk About It can be heard live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Please join your host, Dr. Janie Lacey, for another edition of the show next week. 